Well, good morning, my friends. We are in the final podcast of um, January. This is January, or for Monday the 31st. This is podcast number 472. I apologize for my voice. It's been a little raspy. It's because I probably uh, am wearing it out. Uh, this is, I think, the fourth podcast I've I've done today. So I'm just trying to get everything wrapped up for January. I like to stay a month ahead. So uh, grab your Bibles and turn to our memory verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. May go a little shorter on this one because I'm a little wiped out. It says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Remember, Corinthians was written from Ephesus about A.D. 53 to 55, so about 23 to 25 years after Christ has died and risen from the grave. Now let's look at Romans, back one book. Romans chapter 1, if you get to Acts, you've gone too far. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Um, ironically, Romans was written from, from Corinth in about AD 57, so about 27 years after Jesus' resurrection. And Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, that is, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. I want to talk to you about forgiveness today. I want to talk to you about committing your life to Christ and being willing to do whatever he asks you to do. This is big. Forgiveness is not an easy subject. And we won't... Um, we won't mine the entire depths of it today. I want you to turn to Psalm 31 and a couple of scriptures or one scripture here that doesn't appear to fit, but it really does. Because it's about committing your yourself to the Lord. So as we talk about forgiveness, let's talk about committing ourselves to the Lord first and trusting him with everything. Psalm 31, verse 1 says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and you guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden for me, the enemies. And for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. How does that fit? It fits because what we need to start from is a commitment to the Lord. We need to start from, God, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my everything. You rescue me from those who desire to, to hurt me and help me, God, to trust in you. And when I trust in God, no matter what the situation, I trust that all the things that happen, God has already seen them. God has orchestrated or God has allowed things to happen, even things that I don't wish would happen because God knows what's best and God knows the situation. So I'm going to trust in him. So David says, my everything, you're my everything, God. Now turn a page over or two, maybe just one, to Psalm 32 verses one and two. Knowing all of that, look at what David says. 32 verse 1, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. I committed myself to you. You're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my everything. And blessed is everyone whose transgressions are forgiven. Your sins are covered. 
God holds nothing against us, and there's no deceit in us. With that in mind, how should we live? Again, we live our lives in accordance with the gospel. We live our lives in accordance with what Jesus has done for us. Look at Matthew chapter 11. What does Jesus um, do? What does Jesus provide to those who are hurting, for those who are uh, um, bogged down with so many weights? And some of the weights we're bogged down with are things that we put on ourselves or things we won't allow to be unloaded, like bitterness or unforgiveness or hatred. Things that we're not going to deal with. He hurt me and until, no, no, we need to offload those to the Lord. It isn't easy. I've been there. I've got those things. I've been betrayed. I've been hurt. I've, I've had, um, I've been abandoned. I know what it's like. I don't know your situation. I'm not saying it's comparable. I can't even imagine what some people have gone through or what I would do if I went through it. But I can't imagine this. If I give those things to the Lord, if I, if I offload them to the Lord, life is much easier. Let's look at Matthew chapter 11, familiar portion of scripture. Beginning with verse 28, he says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What a promise. One of the things that weighs us down is unforgiveness. One of the things that will cause us to lose our joy is holding on to unforgiveness. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, not just rest for your bodies. This is a deep, deep rest that gives rest to our souls. Rest for those who are, um, you know, they're performance-based. Everything is about, oh, I got to earn it, or... Rest from things that I've carried too long and they're just weighing me down. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you come to me, I don't add a burden upon you. I remove your burdens and I, and I, and I, and I help you to deal with what's going on in your life. Because I'm your refuge and I'm your fortress and I'm the one that you can run to. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Verses 13 and 14, right after Philippians is Colossians, verses 13 and 14. Paul teaching here, he says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transformed us or transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. God has delivered us and transformed us from this kingdom with with the way it's structured and the way we do things in that kingdom to his kingdom, the kingdom of his son. And there's a different way of operating in that kingdom. And how should we operate in that kingdom? In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, and we just say praise God for that. And we're so excited that God has forgiven us of our sins. We were transferred out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ, and we've been forgiven. So how should we respond once we're in this new kingdom? Look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so that you also must forgive. He says, listen, how do we respond when people have done things against us? We forgive. And how do we forgive as the Lord 
has forgiven us. Verse 14, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness and in hearts, in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness, the domain of darkness, into the kingdom of his son. We've been forgiven, so how should we respond? We should respond just like Paul tells us in Colossians, with kindness, with goodness, with, with caring and loving hearts. And we should forgive those who have, who have hurt us. Is it easy? No, but it's possible, or God wouldn't have said through Paul, this is what you need to do. You've been transferred into the kingdom of his marvelous son. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You didn't think I'd get out of this without sharing the love chapter, did you? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, <clears throat> beginning with verse four. Remember, we're children of light, we're the called, we're holy, we're the priesthood. So how should we respond? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient, kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in, at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. When I, when I thought as a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but I shall, I shall uh, know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these things, but the greatest of these is love. So I heard a, um, a, a teaching the other day on this scripture, and I loved it. It said mirrors of that day were not like mirrors today. They weren't glass. They were, they were, they were like a metal, and they gave off a distorted image. They didn't, they didn't give off this beautiful image, or they didn't get off a clear image, I should say, or, or a, a perfect image of what they what you would see. So you're looking dimly. You're looking into this mirror and you're hoping that this shows us something. Well, it, it shows us something, but it's very dim. It, and it doesn't truly show us who we are, or what we are. And he says, we, we see dimly, but soon we see face to face. When we have this relationship with Christ, the word of God teaches us, brings us face to face with who we are, and we need to respond. And it says, hey, the, 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 what remains, faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And love carries with it more than just, oh, I love you, I love you. No, love carries with it, I, I forgive you. I care for you. I'll be kind to you. I'll, I'll be patient with you. I won't keep a, a, track, a track record of wrongs. I, I'm, I'm not going to rejoice when you have calamity. 
I'm going to mourn with you. I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to do everything that I can because love, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sins. It did with us. His love covers and takes away our sin. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John, right after 1 and 2 Peter is 1 John chapter 1. Look at verse 7. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us, all of us, all of us, from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive uh, deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him to be a liar and his word is not in us. I don't want to be a liar. I want to realize um, who I am. And the mirror of the word of God reflects accurately who I really am and who I need to be and who I can only be in Christ. If you're struggling with forgiveness today, you're not alone. You're not alone. Many, many people struggle with it. Forgiveness is one of the most difficult things a pastor deals with in in counseling and therapy and in teaching. But understand this. We have been transformed from the dominion of darkness. We no longer think that way into the kingdom of the Son of God. And what has he done for us? He's forgiven us when we didn't deserve it. He's forgiven us before we even ask. The Bible says, that he chose us before the foundations of the world. The Bible says in Revelation 13, he was crucified before the foundation of the world, meaning that the plan was already in place before any of us were created. He factored in our sin. He factored in our cruelty. He factored in our unforgiveness. He factored in our bitterness. And when he draws us to the word of God and he draws us to himself because he is the word of God, then we need to respond to the word of God in the way that he tells us. He says, hey, in the way that I've forgiven you, I need you to forgive others. As I have loved you, I need you to love others. Let me close in prayer. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you. Until we talk again. <laughs>